This is Tara Nevins from Dawn of the Buffalo, and you're listening to Community Radio, WMNF Tampa. Hi, this is Duncan Strauss, host of Talking Animals, now airing at 11 a.m. on Wednesdays. The time slot is new, but Talking Animals is in its 19th year and remains a show about animals and animal issues, chiefly revolving around a long-form interview with an important figure in the animal world. Guests have ranged from Jane Goodall to Amy Lou Harris to Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. The program also features music, comedy, news, and a quick quiz, Name That Animal Too. That's Talking Animals every Wednesday at 11 a.m. on WMNF. Hello and welcome to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5, where every Monday at 11, we bring you a conversation with local experts on sustainable issues. Today, we are talking with Dee Morales, who started 813 Hood Garden, and Tracy Cook Person, the owner-operator of Southern Alchemy Wellness. Irene is answering your calls, and Mr. Bill Grace is working the boards. Your hosts today are myself, Kenny Coogan, and the wonderful Annie Ellis. Hi, Annie. Hey, Kenny. And I just want to say uh, I'm uh, on Zoom today, so I'm not in the studio. And it's so kind of a treat because I have Dee and Tracy on Zoom, too, so I get to see their faces, uh, which is really nice. I just love it. They look so good. I look terrible, but they look so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad we're, we're all zooming together. And uh, before our show started, we had a little uh, promo for the Talking Animals segment. And yes. this week, seven days ago, it was Jane Goodall's 89th birthday. It was ama- She was here. It was amazing. And she was also in Tampa a few days before yeah. that. Yes. So incredible. She's an incredible person. What she's done for the world. She, and she started so young. I mean, she was just a secretary mm-hmm. uh, and, and came over, you know, to the wild and didn't know anything about anything. And she has just been a, a rock yes. throughout all times. Amazing. I saw her speak in Buffalo once and she started her presentation by howling like a chimpanzee. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to go see her at the USF, uh, but it was the start of COVID. Uh, not USF; it was a uh, uh, University of Tampa, and uh, and it, they canceled it. Oh, I was so bummed out. I was all, so ready for it, uh, but you know, it was just amazing. Which, you know, we get a chance to interact with her. It's just great. And so I yes, go ahead. I was going to say in a little less than a month, it's going to be my birthday. And on the same day as my birthday, it's David Attenborough's birthday. And he's going to be 97. So we're. Oh, my God. We have a couple of legends still around in the animal world. (laughs) You included. (laughs) Ah, thank you. All right. So today we're going to be balancing people, profit, and planet. And uh, Anna, you want to introduce our guests? Well, uh, do we have the call uh, to introduce the... Uh, uh, not yet. So that might be at the end of the show. Or we'll oh, just okay. do it ourselves. Okay. Okay, great. Well, then we'll just roll with this. Um, so I just want to let y'all know uh, that I met these two lovely women, uh, Dee and Tracy, on the same day. And that's why they're here together, in a way. Uh, so I had heard about Dee and... Um, so I, we made arrangements for me to go over and meet her at the garden, the 813 uh, Hood Garden. Uh, 
and I had gone to Shell's earlier. It was, it was right down the street, and uh, which Shell's closed, you know, after six years. Anyway, so I went over there, <clears throat> did the the tour, and checking it out, <clears throat> and then I said, "Well, what are you going to do now?" <laughs> and she said, "Well, I'm going to go over to this great place, Southern Alchemy Wellness." This. And this fantastic woman, uh, Tracy, is going to be there. So I said, well, I'll just follow you over. And so I drove over there, and they weren't there, actually, at that moment. So we waited, and we chatted and interacted and stuff. And then they came over, and I got to meet her and her husband and uh, I think a, a son, a sort of son. And uh, so I got to meet their, her lovely family, and it was just, it was just wonderful, I got to say. So I just think that, you know, Things work out exactly the way they're supposed to work out, exactly in the right time that they're supposed to work. So I just am delighted that both of y'all are going to be here at the same time. Uh, but the way I think we should do this is we'll the same. We met D first. So we'll introduce D first and then we'll introduce Tracy later. But if there feels like something y'all need to interact with each other, I want you to feel free to do so. Uh, so I'm going to introduce D, Dion. <laughs> Morales, which I didn't even know, right? Uh, she's known as Dee, uh, born in Trinidad and lived in Tampa most of her adult life. She grew up with family that always had something growing from herbs to citrus. So one could say growing food is in her blood. Today, Dee is the steward of 813 Hood Garden Space, where they grow family style. No one has a bed of their own. They all work together, grow together, and share what they grow. Uh, any excess is shared with neighbors and free fridge Tampa, which I want to ask you about a little bit later on because I didn't know about that. She's also very active in all the areas involving community gardens and organizes events for several. And I got to say, I was at an event and saw her again. That was at the sea, uh, what is it, the uh, Seminole Heights. Uh, garden, uh, and it was the show and uh, the free giveaway of seeds and plants, and there she was. And then Tracy came, and I'm like, oh my God, it was fantastic. Everybody was there, so great. So thank you both for being on here, and Dee, thank you so much for uh, you know being on this program. I really appreciate it. And I just wanted to start out with, uh, how did you know that 813, uh, or how how or why did 813 uh, Garden Space get started? Oh, you're no, your voice is off. Can't hear you. Can't hear you. Do you have earplugs plugged in there? Or does Dee just need to unmute herself on Zoom? No, she's unmuted. Can you hear us? Can you hear us, Tracy? I can. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. yes. can. All well, right, we can Chase. start with Tracy. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I don't know how we're going to get Dion though. Is there anything that we can do on our end to help her? We'll help her in a minute, but let's introduce Tracy. Okay, so here we go. It's live radio, y'all. <laughs> yeah, anything can happen. <laughs> That's right. So Tracy Cook-Person, she's a folk herbalist, educator, lecturer, professional storyteller, and published poet. I'm telling you, this is amazing, her, her background. She's been assistant professor at LIU in the School of Education and Technology, as well as an instructor of, I've had to sound this out, pedagogy, right? Yeah, uh, pedagogy, not bad, not I'm, bad. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about that when we get into it. 
uh, in the clinical practice program of the Office of Teacher Education at uh, Teachers College, Columbia University. She's also a member of the uh, American Herbalist Guide and the American Botanical Council. She is a BD in the doctoral program for the Graduate Center at CUNY in the Urban Education Program and holds an MS in Forensic Psychology as well as an MS in Leadership and Policy. She's worked with programs as the World Council of Curriculum and Instruction as delegate to the United Nations under UNESCO, which is United Nations Educational Scientific and Cultural Organization. Yeah, UNESCO. UNESCO. Yes, thank you. So Tracy is just kind of grabbing all those uh, degrees, aren't you? You're collecting I'm, I'm them. Li- just like you, Jenny. <laughs> I think I'm kind of done. A million degrees too. And Annie, <laughs> I'm well. For, I'm very familiar with uh, pedagogy because it's like the teaching of teaching. And as a teacher, I yeah. was all about that. Yes. It's so interesting. I didn't know anything about it, so I looked it up and studied it a little bit before. But, I, you know, isn't it funny how things, you know, I didn't know any of this about this. And so because you wrote it down, of course, I'm going to research it and find out what the heck's going on. So uh, so then we'll, you know, we can roll from there. So, so Tracy, what brought you to Tampa? So my roots in Tampa actually run really deep. Um, on the surface, you wouldn't know it. Um, but my mom is from here. And my mom's mom and my mom's dad. So we have a legacy on my mother's side that goes way back. Um, we do have Miccosukee Creek ancestry, uh, otherwise known as Seminole ancestry. And I have been coming to Tampa since I was an infant. My mother um, has been sending my brother and I down here. And then I, in turn, uh, send my children down here. So I have always had a foot in two worlds. And so you're the assistant professor of School of Education. You're teaching about teaching. And does any of this have to do with your folk herbalist background? Are they overlapping or are they pretty separate? I think they overlapped until last December uh, when I made my decision to come down to Tampa permanently I decided to um, phase out of my position. Um, I have always, as a teacher of teachers, um, been a very strong proponent of what I like to call uh, interactive curriculum design. And so as an ELA instructor um, and then as an ELA teacher when I taught public high school, there was always a place for mythology. I do have a minor in anthro and sociology, so it is never far from my wheelhouse to talk about the movement of people's culture, um, the things that we think that we are leaving behind, that we are in fact just repurposing, sharing. Um, And so ELA for me was always a place to talk about humanities, folk herbalism, poetry, storytelling. It has always been a part of how I craft curriculum. And it's been really helpful in terms of helping teachers craft their curriculum, whether you are teaching math, science, mm-hmm. uh, language. There, There's no place where we can talk about people um, where we can't talk about culture. I was just going to say that the listeners know that I taught middle school science and agriculture. And because my other jobs include writing and being a columnist, I would always have them write or read. And it's, and you know, they thought the subjects were supposed to be separated. 
but it was like, no, history is about science and history is about math and mathematicians. And you have to be able to read and write in all of these different subjects. So Tracy, can you talk about how you met Dee and how you kind of joined forces? So I have to really credit Dee for grounding me here in Tampa as a business person. Um, my grandmother used to always say, come see me, ain't like come live with me, right? So <laughs> come see me means, you know, I'm here, I'm, I'm enjoying my friendships. I have an extensive like teenage experience here, but I had not done business in Tampa. And so when I first came to Tampa, really kind of understanding the lay of the land was important to me. Um, as I said, um, people and communities and knowledge of culture are super important to me. I had been part of a really grounded and extensive network in Brooklyn of CSA farm to table, school to farm to table. Um, and I didn't have that here. It didn't exist. Um, and so I knew that I needed to create community and I knew that I wanted to serve um, specific parts of my community. And so I was looking for farms. I was looking for small farms. I was looking for family owned farms and I was looking for uh, community gardens. And I think that it's important for people to connect to their own culture. And so I did put out a call for uh, community gardens that might be started, headed, or um, connected to people of African descent. And D messaged me immediately. And I was so tickled. I was like, oh my God, I've got to like talk to you and see what's going on. She said, hold the phone. I will be there in 15 minutes. And she was True to her word, we have been fast friends ever since. Um, and a little later when she starts to talk, I'm sure she's going to talk about um, the ways that we've partnered. But I will just go on record to say this has been and is continuing to be an invaluable partnership for me. And I think that's a great time to test and see if these uh, speakers work. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can, can hear you now. Okay, so we'll just carry on. <laughs> so, Tracy, before we talk about Tampa, can you talk about uh, the CSA in Brooklyn, the community-supported agriculture? So I heard you say school to farm, school to table, but uh, so I understand that the schools can be growing food. But for the other part of the CSA, are people are there a lot of uh, farmers in Brooklyn? Actually, there are a lot of small uh, neighborhood gardens in Brooklyn. It's hard to straight up farm in Brooklyn. It does have its kind of um, suburban feel while still being a city because Brooklyn is really strange in that way. It's big enough to be its own city. If it was a city, it'd be the fourth largest city in the United States. And people tend to have a little more space than they do in Manhattan. It's not uncommon to have people have backyards where they're growing things. So people trade seeds, people swap meat in the same ways that they do here. Um, but it's bigger because unbeknownst to people outside of New York, New York's a farm state. 
Um, New York City comprises a very small amount of what New York is. The minute you step out almost into like the edge of Queens, because we have five boroughs, you've got people um, engaged in small scale farming. Long Island has massive farms. So I was connected to um, a farm there that would come and truck things into the city. Um, and that was and it's a long story. So I, I really want you to get to D. Um, we could talk about that more later. But that was where I did a lot of my ground did farming. And then later when I started to first dabble into herbalism and then to study for real with the people that I studied with, there is a farm out in uh, Massachusetts that um, would truck in plant matter roots and um, seeds. And that's how I really got a chance to start um, my herbal practice. Very so good. you got so you, Kenny and I can't see each other, so we're just stepping all over each other. <laughs> so I wanted to know, because you got all those seeds and, and plants and that sort of thing going, is that what started you uh, in, in being in gardening uh, and in the community in the gardening? Because you started doing your own? No, actually. Um, oh. My grandfathers both are from Georgia, and my father's father was very much, uh, I called it a farm because I'm from New York. He <laughs> called it a garden. He had acres of land in uh, Ohio. He migrated from Georgia to Ohio. They would not allow him to farm the way he wanted to. They wouldn't let him join the guild. Um, and remember, he's doing this uh, turn of last century. And they simply, um, they tried to freeze him out. And so he needed to go where they would allow him to do what he wanted to do. There was nothing my grandfather could not do with land. Um, he was also an herbal healer out of necessity. So I feel like a lot of um, what I know I learned at his feet and at my father's feet, but also I feel like there is a level of cultural mimesis. That's when like your family is passing down a heritage that um, it just lives in your bones. So I feel like that was a lived experience for me that I was just going to inherit anyway. So it, it also sort of pulls together uh, what you were talking about, about the lost information uh, about like the tribes of Indians or different cultures that had all this information out of necessity. But honestly, most of it's really better than a lot of the things that, you know, we can buy at the drugstore for sure. So, so yours was that, then that's how you started getting more interested in the herbal aspects of it. And, and so that brought you to where you are today. Um, I would say that for me, there's no separation. I am a holistic person, so there's no separation between knowing how to cook well and being able to go into my grandmother's garden and pick berries, pick leaves, and have them show me what to do with them, how to can and preserve. Um, like, I could low-level do that. And so because my grandfather knew how to heal because he knew how to make wine, because he knew how to do those things. That's just, to me, my entire lived experience. So it wasn't a big jump for me to ask a lot of questions when a doctor is treating me and saying, hmm, that doesn't feel like that's going to work for me. Um, here's what I'm going to do. You know, even before you know you're an herbalist, you're engaged in that kind of dialogue. 
You you uh, had mentioned to me before, and I really am curious about this, is that uh, what can people do to break generational health struggles? And that seems to be pertaining to kind of what we're talking about now. Um, I really want to throw it to Dee, so I'm going to make my answer really brief. I think um, in order to break generational health struggles, otherwise known as generational curses, you got to be really honest about the things that your families do that do not work. I think that America is a place of... um, easy everything and so we don't take the time to think about how to craft something or how things work or how to do so i think stepping back being really intentional being really thoughtful making sure you eat well making sure you are resting well making sure you are having balance in your life that's a good place to start and then the other things will grow from there yeah, those calming teas you gave me were pretty nice. <laughs> so, Annie, before we uh, hear from Dee, do you want to do the reintroduction? Yes, I'll go ahead and do that. And I'm going to do a brief reintroduction of Dee, just so in case people relate, turn in. Uh, I'm Annie Ellis, and you're listening to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5. Today's guests are Dee Morales, who started 813 Hood Garden, and Tracy Cookperson, the owner-operator of Southern Alchemy Wellness. If you want to be part of the conversation, please give us a call at 813-239-9663 or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org and we'll read it on the air so d's uh sound is up now that we know so that's good so uh d uh she uh, was born in trinidad she lived in tampa she grew up in a family that grew everything and uh, now she's the steward of 813 hood garden space where they grow family style it's a community garden for really for a community uh so I wanted to uh, get back on you, girl. So let's start up. Uh, how did that start up with you? What, what, and how did Eight One Three Hood Garden Space get started? Thank y'all for having me. Um, yes. So. The garden space itself started out in my backyard. It was literally my backyard to begin with. And having my sons choose kind of what they wanted to eat, um, how to introduce them to fresh vegetables and things like that um, is how it expanded. It exploded, really. Um, I had blueberry bushes and strawberry bushes. So my youngest would go out there and he would know, he would look at the colors of the berries. And then when they were ready, he'd be like, mommy, ready? Because he was like two at this time. So seeing his face and his excitement about watching the things grow, I felt like every child should have that opportunity at least um, once in their lifetime, at least seeing what a a strawberry looks like on a bush or what the blueberries look like. So that's how the garden space uh, became open to the public. That's so lovely. So what's your goal and your mission for that area that you have? And I know it's changed uh, from where it was to begin with. Right. Because of the fact that I feel like we've, um, we will eventually outgrow the space as a community garden. I want to model, if anyone's seen the 22nd Street Initiative um, project, where it's the demonstration garden. You go in, you learn about gardening, and you take home and do what it is you learned at the garden space. So that's kind of the direction that we're going in, in addition to having um, other activities to um 
I feel like we're beings, we're whole beings. Gardening is not just one thing, but as far as connecting physically, emotionally, spiritually, we need all of that. We need a space to do that, especially in that neighborhood where we're not afforded that because we're busy working two, three jobs to be able to survive. So having a space where we can decompress and learn about meditation and learn about self-help and self-care is important to me. And so that's the goal of the mission. Because you were talking about, you know, uh, the uh, that that project uh, tw- was it Twenty Two Avenue or something like that. What is it called? Twenty Second Street, the Healthy Twenty Second Street Initiative. Healthy Twenty Second Street Initiative. So that was found out because they asked everybody what they really wanted, and they wanted to have a garden in their yard, and so. I think that's fantastic because now you're listening to the people of what they need for themselves because they're going to be more apt to do that since they do hold down two or three jobs to be able to do a little bit of work. But then they can have that wonderful respite to come back to your 813 and uh, and then learn more. So it's, it turns into a learning experience uh, and, and lovely to think about it as you're doing, you're doing yoga and meditation there and all these different odds and ends. So, so such a full, full thing. And so I, I read, you, you read something in here and I wanted to read it because I think it's beautiful. Uh, and her dream is to get every household in the area that is technically a food desert to grow at least some of the food that they eat from seasonal to annual to perennials. So yeah. that's a great idea. And what are you doing now over there? What's, what are you growing? And, How's that going to shift? Because it's so, right now we're going into summer. So we yeah. have yucca and that's going to do fine here. We've got um, the longevity spinach. We actually got some Malbar spinach from the Seminole Heights Community Garden at the seed swap. So we'll be putting those in um, here pretty shortly, just really focusing on things that are going to thrive like okra in our climate during the summertime. Because most people don't want to be outside in the summer. So kind of make it quick. <laughs> so I, I was at are, the uh, Temple Terrace Community Garden yesterday for Easter oh, cool. because uh, my neighbor's brother lives uh, kind of behind it, so we were touring it. And you can rent the beds there, and one person on their bed said, private bed, no picking. And then right. all, the, all the other areas were kind of like open, and they had like fruit trees and stuff like that. And the brother, um, he taught history for many, many years, and he goes... This is capitalism, he points to the bed. And then he points to all the other beds and he goes, this is socialism. (laughs) So, dear. That's interesting that you brought that up because, you know, when I went over to the Seminole Heights Garden, it's a Seminole Heights Community Garden. I didn't realize, I thought it was going to be individually owned gardens that you pay, you know, amount of money for, like other gardens, most of the other gardens, actually. And, but no. Everybody works the whole thing and everybody reaps all the benefits. Mm, so that's why we yep. have to ask D. So how does your family style uh, system work? It's exactly like the Seminole Heights Garden. And that's kind of why we lumped together with um, Sustainable Living Project, Seminole Heights Garden, and myself. We all literally grow together. Um, there is no individual beds. The only area that I have kind of like cordoned off is the kids' corner. Um, and right now we actively have a homeschool that is there on Fridays and they're tending to that particular area. But other than that, we all pretty much community grow. You're going to pull weeds and then the whole garden. If we decide we want to plant cantaloupe, then we'll all eat cantaloupe. So it's literally just communal style. Right now there are cucumbers ready for harvest and some of the volunteers are going today 
So they're going to be picking cucumbers because guess what? They've been going and they've been putting in the work. Very good. And I have a question that's off the script. Can you say your your government name? What's your full name, D? <laughs> Dion Morales. Dion. So, yeah. um, your government name. <laughs> because the scientific name of a Venus flytrap, the, the genus is uh, Dionia, which is also named after the, um, it's like from Greek, and it means like fruitfulness and vegetation. Oh my so, God! I, I don't. So I don't know if your name is French. You know, Trinidad's so French, but maybe it has Greek origin. Maybe, that, but my mom liked Dion Warwick. Well, growing up, so I guess <laughs> that's, that's where uh, I got. So maybe, but that, I like your finding. That's, that's so beautiful because you know Kenny's the expert carnivorous plant guy. But I mean, oh. a, a god of fruitfulness—that seems like a pretty good name for a community gardener organist. Yeah, I like it. I'll take yours. <laughs> that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, thank you, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that could be on your T-shirt, I think. Yeah, you got it. And you God, goddess of fruitfulness. There yeah. it is. Goddess of fruitfulness. Yes. <laughs> Kenny, do you need to? Uh, do you have any questions that you want to ask Dee? Yeah, we can talk a little bit more about that connection between Seminole Heights Community Garden and uh, your own. So, and also Georgia's garden too. That one. Uh, the the sustainable <laughs> living garden. Yes, they're all three kind of hooked up. Yeah, so how how did you get hooked up? Why is it good to be hooked up? <laughs> <laughs> we, we literally got hooked up because of the fact that I feel that as community gardens, um, pooling our resources and our energies together to be able to then expand our network of the people that we can actually serve and reach um, is important. So um, I met Maria... Um, last year sometime and she has we have been in touch we text pretty much almost every other day maria is always sending me hey i saw this this might be helpful um when i was looking for rain barrels they came to the rescue because they weren't needing using them they have a well now at the new space that they're in so they donated their rain barrels over to us at the 813 hood garden so it's just been that type of collaboration and i met georgia um at the conference in person i've never like seen her face and put two and two together as far as the project that she worked on. And I absolutely love it over there. It is just amazing. And I commend everything that she does over there. So we had the seed swap at the Seminole Heights Community Garden um, a couple weekends ago. Um, we are working on the date for the one that's gonna be at the Sustainable Living Project. And then we are gonna have the one at 813 Hood Garden on September the 9th. So we're just gonna continue to work together to share what it is that we have. Um, so that way we can share to other people. Very good. Annie, I don't know if you have your phone on you, but you have a few text messages. And for the, for everybody else who doesn't have Annie's phone, I would like to remind you that this is the <laughs> Sustainable Living Show on WMNF, Tampa, 88.5. Today's guests are Dee Morales, who started 813 Hood Garden, and Tracy Cook Person, the owner-operator of Southern Alchemy Wellness. If you want to be part of the conversation, which is about community gardens, give us a call at 813-239-9663, or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org, and we will read it on air. And we have a caller. We have Karen from Plant City, and I believe Karen wants to talk about community gardens. Hello, Karen. Good morning, everyone. Hi. Good morning. Hi, Karen. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. I just am happy to hear that um, the uh, 22nd Street uh, garden is, 
is still moving along, and I like the, the direction is exactly the way, you know, Kitty and, and everyone had planned for that. So um, that's an amazing project in that area, and it's so many of the original local participants are are really in getting engaged in in, in uh, furthering that as well. So thank you, Dee. Oh, my pleasure, Karen. Yeah. Yeah. Dee has some real qualities of organizational skills. She really does, but she follows through, brings people together. It's a pretty beautiful thing. I love bringing people together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, and, and the fact that the community gardens are are expanding it, that there's more and more. Uh, I'm, I, As Dee knows, I manage the one in, in Plant City, Plant City Commons Community Garden. Uh, for 11 years, so it's it's been um, a, a, a time to be able to watch all this start to grow, and the people are still stepping up and 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 organizing more is so important, and and I think the importance is really starting to show in how it is connecting back to. Uh, a lot of the markets and and some of the permaculture and the smaller farmers and the higher quality of food that's that's finally penetrating into our area. So it's it's an extreme importance and an awesome thing to educate people about. Karen, can you talk about how the Plant City Community Garden was set up? Did people? rent plots? Did, did you work the family style? Because when I think about Plant City, I'm thinking that a lot of people over there have large patches of land. Yeah. But I guess that's not entirely true. Well, it's, it's conventional farming. I would have to put it as nicely as I can. Um, and we set it up to have individual plots. Um, that just has worked for us. Um, we, we get the occasional two-legged folks that decide that they can harvest what they want, and, and that happens, you know. <laughs> That's um, funny. And it, you can call it capitalism, but you know, <laughs> when, when you really take care and ownership of your plants, they're like a child to you, you know, yes. sometimes. So yes. You can, you can really kind of want to protect them, um, you know, so... There's that aspect that happens as you nurture a plant along, you know, uh, and, and you see the uh, the fruit starting to, to bear, and then you come back a couple of days and it disappears. It's a little disappointing. Yeah, of course, yes. <laughs> it really is. I mean, if you have to wait a year for your bananas to finish, you know, you've been waiting that whole year, and you started a year before getting that ready, it is kind of a shock when something happens like that. I agree completely. It's and it's a standard grief, you know. Yeah, yeah. It is a standard format, though, that people have done with community gardens forever. I think that this other way is just a different way. You know, it's a different way. It's a new. It's a. It's a, a choice. You know, of what people can do now, because I they just open. But I do think personally that it's wonderful that there are people to connect to to learn how to even make a community garden. Because some people are just lost. They don't. They want it, but they don't know what to do. And with the, you know, the coalition of community gardens situation, people can connect. And they just started one over in uh, off of Gandy, 
And uh, they've been trying to do this for years. And I, I actually hooked, hooked the right people up. I didn't do anything. I just got the right person with the right person. And now it's open. So it's amazing. So thanks for calling in. Do you have anything else to say? No, just keep I'm going to say something to Karen. I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting ready to move to Tennessee. So I'm going to garden in a whole different way up there. And, and uh, I won't miss four months of summer down here. D, 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 D wants to say something to you, Karen. Pardon me? D wants to speak to you, Karen. Go ahead, D. Karen, thank you so much for laying the foundation. Because of Karen Elizabeth, I now know how to make a self-wicking barrel. Um, <laughs> and I've eaten fresh asparagus um, at her garden in Plant City. And that was amazing. It tastes nothing like grocery store asparagus. And it has inspired me to want to go asparagus. I haven't done it just yet, but that is in the back of my head. That was the most delicious asparagus I've ever eaten. So thank you, Karen. Yeah, I'll be following you. You're you're very, very welcome. And we have a festival on Saturday. It's our Earth Day event called Earth, Earth, Wind, and Garden. Ooh. Yeah, a little shout-out for that from 9 to 2. We have lots of scouts. What's the address, Karen? What's the address? It's 2003 um, East Cherry Street. It's on the south side of the Hillsboro Community College campus in Plant City. Very good. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Right. Thanks a lot for calling in. That was great. And good luck to Tennessee. That's going to be a whole new football game. I'm looking forward to some coolness. <laughs> yeah. I hear you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. So, Dee, uh, we have an email, and they want to know where 813 Hood Garden is located. 1004 North 11th Street in Tampa, and the zip is 33612. Very good. And then, Tracy, is your organization, Southern Alchemy Wellness, is that a physical building? Yeah, it's a store. Yeah, it is. Um, It's a store and a maker space. So it's one of the places that invites you to come into our reading library, sit down and learn. You can read the books, take notes, take pictures of pages that hold information that you want to have. Um, We serve you tea while you do it. So it's always super comfortable. Um, But we also give classes. We give classes that educate you on different herbs. We um, give classes on tincture making, classes on balms, butters, and salves. Um, We give uh, flower essence classes. We give healthy cooking classes with kitchen herbs. So it really is the kind of space that we invite people to come in, talk about holistic health, learn how to do these things for themselves. You can get a consultation from me to get support in certain types of ailments, uh, usually short-term and life management um, changes. And I do do a fair bit of womb work, a fair bit of breast care work, and postpartum work. So I do things that encapsulate placenta and, you know, things of that nature. I just had a great idea. idea. So (laughs) whenever Dion, uh, Dion, I'm reading it, that's why I said that, whenever D or any of the other groups have an excess of food, Y'all ought to organize that and pre-organize it and do it over at Tracy's for the healthy food cooking session. That like is like the perfect pairing, right? 
I think so too. Yeah. We we have a couple of events. You want to talk about some of the events that sure, sure. so far, Dee? Yeah. So we have quite a few coming up. Um, we have a high tea that's coming up um, next month. That is on the 13th. That'll be at Tracy's. Tracy's, what, what's the address, ma'am? 4819 East Bush Boulevard. It's right off of um, 48th, like 48th, 49th. Um, we always say next to the Enterprise rental car. You can't miss it. We're in suite 104. And um, come see us there. Go ahead, Dee. Um, we also will have um, some more of the make make it and take it classes um, later on in the fall. We're still working out the details on which ones we want to do first because we kind of have a lot that we want to expose the community to. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll be definitely working on those as well. So you've got to follow us. You've got to follow me on Instagram. Follow oh, uh, Tracy me. as well. Yeah. Subscribe to her on Patreon. And that'll help you keep up with our different events that we have coming up. So why don't you I do want to say, well, I was just going to say, say those, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, how it's written out so people can connect you. Did Tracy, do you want to say something before we do that? Yes. I'm so sorry to cut you. Um, I wanted to say that we are having a community health and resource fair on the 29th so people can come out they can see what what else is going on in the plaza who else we're connected to um but also it's a good opportunity for them to come tour the store and see what we're about um you can follow me at southern alchemy wellness on instagram you can catch my website we have our blog there as well as a lot of the community events that we have done in the past whether with d and without d and that's uh southern alchemy wellness uh llc and then you can join our facebook group which is southern alchemy wellness we have a podcast which is called the alchemy of wellness you can catch that on spotify on uh amazon on Apple, iTunes, so we're there. And then Dee talked about our Patreon, which is where we have a curated collection of our newsletter, recipes. We have exercise videos, yoga videos, a whole bunch of wonderful information. And that's patreon.com backslash Southern Alchemy Wellness. Uh, you can't go wrong. You can find us so many different kinds of ways. Very good. So, D, I think we have to go back about 20 minutes. D, can you <laughs> further explain how your community garden helps break the generational health struggles? Oh, that's a good one. I feel that, honestly, those... Are you okay with the camera, Kenny? You okay? I, um, I'm just sitting, but Bill is having fun. Okay. <laughs> we can see your face, Kenny. So I feel that there was um, a gap um, in the generations where our parents didn't have the time, I should say, to actually be in the garden growing their own food and things like that. But nowadays, my generation, we are working to bring that back. We're working and appreciating that where our food comes from and knowing where it comes from, what goes in it, what doesn't go in it. So I feel like that in itself is bringing us all together into the space of community gardens so that way we can learn together, grow together. And I feel like that's removing that, um, I don't want to say gap, but it's removing that in an essence. 
I want to ask you one thing uh, since we're going back 20 minutes, because uh, I have this note and I really want to know about it. So I think if I do, other people want to know. What is Free Fridge Tampa? Because you mentioned that and I want to know more about that. So I found Free Fridge Tampa on Instagram um, and they are located on Bush at that karate studio. Um, right by the railroad track. There's a karate studio right there in Sofa Springs. Um, I can't really tell you what the address is. I just know how to get there. Um, however, they have a refrigerator in their lobby of the martial arts center. And you can go place in your excess stuff. They have little rules like um, certain things need to be bagged up so that they're not individual. So like if I harvest lettuce and I have a, a bunch of lettuce, I literally put them in um, plastic bags and take them to the fridge and put them in there. Um, and that's literally what the free fridge is. We can put the produce in there that can be utilized by those that need it in the community. I love it. Kenny? And uh, so, Dee, we're kind of talking about the sustainable living uh, garden, community garden, and that's a pretty big space. Can you talk about 813 Hood Garden? How much space do you have still to develop? Can you accept a lot of can you accept more volunteers? Can you accept more people who can, uh, you know, benefit from the crops or are you at capacity right now? We are accepting. Um, there is, there's no, no, no such thing as too many hands. Everybody that's in community garden work knows that you can never have too many volunteers. Um, so we do have space for that. We actually are removing a couple of the older beds because they've been around since like 2020. And it's time for them to go. So we're redoing some of those and going to put in some other things. We do have room and are accepting donations of like fruit trees, berry bushes, things like that. Um, so we definitely have more room and are able to help in any way that we can to those that want to learn how to grow. And how can listeners or the community, how can they support your garden aside from financial? What else could they do? Um, definitely donating plants, um, dropping off compost. We have a green bin in the front of the garden that we can accept compost scraps in. There's a gray one in front of the garden for cardboard or newspapers. Um, and we also have a white stand that's in front of the garden as well for people that want to drop off extra plants that they happen to have that they don't mind donating. They can do that. And definitely time um, and tools. So you have a, a newspapers. You like newspapers too. I can, I'll give you my newspapers. And I have a ton of about six different types of spinach that are perennials. Awesome. Yes, ma'am. No, Tracy, I was listening to the People's Pharmacy on NPR. I think it was this Saturday or last Saturday, and it was about like gut health. And they were talking about how when you act, you know, when the listener acts as the doctor and they go to the pharmacy and they just buy all these uh things that like dry up your nasal cavities or even like the inside of your stomach. So you're, you don't have a runny nose because of allergies. What you're actually doing is like getting rid of this like preventative barrier that stops things like COVID and other things. So that might not actually be like the best course of action by just like playing doctor and just buying stuff over the counter. So yeah. since uh, Dee was talking about community, can you talk about how really understanding and learning from a herbologist and understanding like holistic health, how that can maybe help the community, but maybe also how to help like this generational gap of knowledge or multiple right. generations of gap of knowledge. Right. 
Um, I think that the good thing about COVID, if it could be said that anything about it was good, is that there's a sense now that people are taking the knowledge of their health into their own hands. The bad news about that is because there's so much on the internet that the minute you Google something, you think that that's the thing that you need to do. So many people are attempting to treat without a body of knowledge behind what they do. You also do need your allopathic doctor to diagnose you because one of the things that they are strong in, in the science uh, backs it, is kind of what it is that you're looking at. They're not always on the mark because as I did listen into your show earlier and doctors don't always know why you're sick. They know that you're sick. And then they know the chemical the that symptom. they want. Yeah, they know yeah. the symptom and they know the chemical that they want to use to treat your symptom. Um, but knowing why you're sick takes time. So I think the space that we have functions as a place where people can come to learn to look at a lot of different aspects about why they may be sick. They need to look at lifestyle. They need to look at what they eat, how they eat, when they eat. Um, I extensively go into things that people don't even think about. Like you have to look at bowel movements. You have to talk about what they are like. You have to look at people's tongues and in their eyes. These are not things that most people are going to be knowledgeable about doing. They're just going to go in and buy an herb or a supplement. And the, the read-in library that we have acts as a place where they can actually look at, read about pathology, ask a lot of questions, read about the different herbs and their interactions. There are people who come in with an herb scrawled on a paper and they say, somebody said for me to take this. And then I ask them a question or two and I find out that they are taking medication, which would interact badly with what they want. Mm -hmm. So I have to convince them that my goal is not to kill them. <laughs> I, I, I could give them the air, but you know, you may, be, you may not be here. After you take it, you know, and, and to talk to them about why it's necessary to sit and learn. Um, so I am trying to put that knowledge into the hands of the greater community, while still saying to them, "Listen, this this takes a lifetime to learn." You know. So I just want to say that we're almost out of time, but I wanted to say that it's a very, very comfortable place to go. Uh, it's a strip mall, so you don't, you, I didn't even see it at first, but when you walk in the door, the vibe is just amazing. And so when you go in there and order yourself some tea and sit down to read and then start talking, it's just a, a fabulous place. I just want to thank you guys both. If there's anything like one minute that you need to say that we missed, now's the time. How about we ask Dee, what's uh, next for the garden? What would you like? 813 Hook Garden to look like in a year from now? In a year from now, literally, I want it to be thriving with people utilizing the space, um, learning, and just literally growing, growing as beings. That's the goal from doing yoga to meditation. And we are accepting um, yoga instructors. Um, if anyone is looking for a space to do that in, um, you can always find me on Instagram at 813 Hood Garden. Um, and that's the same on Facebook as well. Very good. Okay. And Tracy, any last comments? Um, definitely come out on the 29th between 12 and 4 to our holistic health 
Fair and Resources Fair. Um, you can email me if you would like to ask questions at Southern Alchemy Wellness at gmail.com. Um, I respond pretty much uh, quickly. Um, and that's that's it. Please come out. Very good. So uh, we do have a message from Irene. She says, could you please give me the information on the speakers you have on the program now, which we just did. But I would like to know more about the programs and possibly engage the ladies in a speaker series. I think our nurses group would be interested along with my other groups. So thank you. These gals will be able to fill that bill. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking for RNs for a while. So yes. Yeah. They're the best. Very no good. Kidding. So our guests today were Dee Morales and Tracy Cook Person. So thank you both very much for being on the show. Thank you so much. It was thank wonderful. You. It was wonderful. Really appreciate you. Thank Got a you. shout out to Maria from the Seminole Heights. Thanks for all the shout outs. <laughs> very good. So thank, thank you, ladies. You and uh, we want to tell listeners that this Saturday at the USF Botanical Gardens, it is the largest Tampa gardening event of the year. It's their Spring Plant Festival. It's April 15th and 16th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. There's going to be over 40 vendors selling plants and plant-related items. Uh, vendors at this event are commercial growers and local clubs like the Rare Fruit Council and Herb People and Cactus People. And he will be there. And I'll, of course, be there. And uh, it's it's really a very, very large uh, plant festival. And, and they've done a lot of work on the site. Uh, Craig has uh, taken over in the last eight months, and they've done an incredible amount of work on the quality of the uh, native plants and so on. Y'all will just love to be able to view that as well. Yeah, I was there this past Saturday doing a make-and-take class, and yeah. I was surprised. By, I wasn't surprised, but I was wowed by the... Uh, like crushed coral or crushed rock pathways. And then there's like actual parking spaces now and lots of it's improvements. Done so much in eight months. I couldn't believe how much he's done in eight months. What What's going to happen next? You know, he's mm -hmm. the best. So, and uh, we want to thank Irene for answering your calls today yes. and Bill Grace yes. for working the boards. And thank you so much. Yes. And next week, we are going to have. The Whedon Island Cultural and Natural History Center on to talk about their programming and, of course, about their preserve. So excited about that. Yeah. And so, uh, Annie, you want to uh, take I, us out? You want me to just finish it up? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So follow our Facebook page, Sustainable Living WMNF, to stay in the loop. And also listen to our past shows. Just go to listen on demand on WMNF.org. And if you enjoyed uh, this show and our weekly content, please go to WMNF.org and donating through the tip jar and directing your donations to the Sustainable Living Show. Stay tuned. In the next hour, you will hear WMNF Tampa's Monday Music with Fleet. If you want to hear more public interest programming, switch over to WMNF's HD3 channel, The Source, and listen to today's Tom Hartman show live. And I, remember. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm Kenny Coogan, and you're Annie Ellis. I am Annie Ellis. <laughs> we can't see each other. And now. So, remember, if you're looking for someone to save the world, look in the mirror. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to WMNF Tampa. <laughs> that was fun. I said.